Are you annoyed by affirmations? Are you tired of that same old rehashed personal growth advice that all seems to boil down to think positively and all your problems will go away? If affirmations feel like lies and positive thinking feels like denial, then I want you to get ready. The overwhelmed brain is here to help you create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, the host of The Overwhelmed Brain, the personal growth show for the critical thinker. Every week I discuss practical, down-to-earth steps to help you improve yourself and your relationships. We'll talk about why we do the things we do and what we can do to reach higher levels of happiness and lower levels of stress and overwhelm. I'm here to help you create positive changes in your world. Expect to laugh and feel empowered in every episode. Today is a special episode where we'll talk about being in love, accepting behaviors of the ones you love, and making the choice to continue the relationship you're in, or simply walk away from something you don't want in your life. By the time the episode is over, you'll know if you've reached full acceptance of the people in your life, and if you're choosing to suffer or not. Yes, suffering can be a choice. When it comes to accepting what is, or not accepting, One choice leads to suffering and the other does not. So let me start off with a story about something that happened to me a long, long time ago in a part of the country far, far away from here. When I was 23, I met a girl in an apartment complex. Back then, I skated around the complex on my rollerblades, and every now and then, I saw this girl coming and going, and one day we talked. And a few days later, she got out of her roller skates and she started skating with me. I was attracted to her, and I could tell she was attracted to me too. And soon, I was falling for her. Well, a few months later, we were living together. And soon, we even bought a condo together. And throughout our relationship, we've had some ups and downs, but nothing really bad happened. Up until the last couple years of our relationship, things started to get a bit stale. We were kissing less and lovemaking had declined to almost nothing. Though our social lives were great and we really enjoyed going out and being with each other, the love part of our relationship was fading. Well, fading for her. I adored and worshipped her. I was truly in love at least the way I defined love. The last couple years of our relationship, she managed to injure her knee. She was always fighting some illness, and many other things conveniently popped up to help her avoid intimacy with me. I mean, it became obvious this was more than a series of unfortunate coincidences. There was a plan in the works. It may not have been a conscious plan, but it was definitely unfolding in a very convenient way for her in the sense that anything she could come up with to avoid me, she did. And soon, after 13 years, it ended. She said she was no longer in love with me, and she left our relationship the next day. I fell into a depression. I got depressed because most of my identity was wrapped up in, quote, us, and not me. I didn't know how to be without her. 
my life went from, I love you, honey, one day, to she's gone the day after. I think I experienced shock. I didn't know what to do with myself. You know, it's easy to look back and figure out what went wrong, but it's hard to see where something is going when you're in the middle of it all. And though I never wanted to return to that relationship, I wondered if this new person I became after our breakup was the one she really wanted all along. And after she left, she felt free. She felt liberated, I could tell. And soon, very soon in fact, she was married. And she was enjoying a new life with her husband. I look back at that event in my life, which happened several years ago, and I remember who I used to be and what part of the old me I brought into the new relationship I got into with the person who became my wife. I brought a lot of the old me into this new phase of my life. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And my relationship with my wife has really suffered quite a bit because of it. Well, she has suffered most of all. After all, who wants the one you feel closest to to judge what you eat, how much you exercise, how much you work? All of these I am guilty of. For most of my marriage, that's who I was. A judgmental, scared little boy. If I don't get my way, it's your fault, not mine. But about a year ago, that started to change. My wife left our home and, in a sense, left us to restart her life, to get out of the slump she'd been in, to get off the couch and find herself again. My consistent judgments over the years had forced her to be less and less open with me and less close to me. And no matter what she did, she never felt it was good enough for me. And she was probably right, because who I was had unreachable expectations. So she left to be free and to start to get to know who she was before she met me. And shortly after she left, I started changing. I realized that my judgments were really just daggers that I kept sticking into our relationship. And being alone forced me to explore what caused me to be the way I am. And I learned a lot. And creating the overwhelmed brain helped me get in touch with people who've also helped me learn a lot about myself. I was awoken, shaken out of my patterns, and forced to see myself and what I was really doing to my wife and, quite frankly, every relationship I've ever had in my life. I realized if I didn't resolve the issues I had, I would absolutely continue to be a failure at being in relationships. After all, when all of your relationships seem to end for the same reason, you need to look at the common denominator. In this case, I am the common denominator. Or, for those not into that math analogy, let's just say that the point of origin for all my relationship issues was me. When you realize that you are at least half the problem, you must stop and introspect. And even if you don't feel that you are really the cause of the issues that you're having, it's still time to take a look inward and find what you could be doing to contribute to the problem. But what happened to my relationship? What happens in many relationships that fail? Let's talk about this.
When you meet someone new and you feel comfortable around them, you start to let them into your life more and more. You share more private things about yourself. You start introducing them to members of your family. And as they start intertwining their life with yours, you realize that they have now become a part of your life. You can't make it through 15 minutes without thinking of them. And the more you share, the closer you feel and the safer you feel. This feeling of safety and the fact that they know so much about you can be equated to love. You realize that you love this new person and you are really starting to fall even deeper in love. You've shared so much of yourself and you're bonding at extraordinarily deep levels. I compare being in love to, kind of sounds strange, being in a bank. The new person in your life starts off at your teller window. And then as you grow closer, he or she is allowed into the teller area where the general public is not allowed to go. And then you allow them into the break room where you feel free to share more about yourself. It's here where you can relax around this person. And soon you've shared everything, but not quite. Because the vault is your emotional core. This is where true love lies. And if you open the vault, there's no turning back. And then you fall in love. And that's when you can share everything about yourself. Your secrets, your desires, your body, your fears, and everything else. Because this person becomes the closest person in your life. They have access to all of you. And you completely trust them. When you can share the most of who you are with that special person, that is when you're in love. The sharing is so deep where you are most vulnerable that you can absolutely trust this person with your heart, the vault of all your emotions. And this is a place of true comfort and security where you can be yourself. Now, I realize that everyone has their own perception of love and being in love. So this may not be your definition of love. But this is a powerful way to bond and be close and committed to each other. It is the ultimate in trust and feeling safe. Then one day, you find out something about that person that maybe you don't like. But because everything else is just amazing, you overlook it. Then that thing, or things, we don't like starts creeping back up again, revealing itself in different ways. Has this ever happened to you? You find something out or realize something you don't like about the other person? You might stuff your negative thoughts back down and think, no, everything was amazing with this person. Those things don't matter. Then the years can seem to fly by and those unresolved thoughts and emotions creep up over and over again in the form of arguments and tension. And they're expressed in so many ways like the way we snap back at our loved one and the way we stare at them judging their behavior and sometimes even the things we do or don't say that send a clear message showing them that we disapprove. The love, safety, and security we felt from the beginning disappears and is replaced with conditions. No longer is your heart so open and safe. You've chosen to close parts of it down for self-preservation. Your relationship goes from I will love and accept all of who you are to I will only love you based on certain criteria. And the one you love starts to feel unsafe sharing things with you. The laughter decreases, the joy depletes, and soon everything that was amazing when it was new has disappeared. Love and openness becomes 
suppressed and replaced with defensive walls and internal conflict. Of course, not every relationship is like that. Some blossom and some people just deny that bad things exist and go on with life, just being as happy as they can be with each other. But when you're truly honest with each other, these things have to come out and be discussed. When my wife left to rediscover herself, she started opening up again. We talked or chatted almost daily and I could tell that she was starting to regain her sense of individuality, her love of independence and especially her love for herself. And I gained clarity. Alone, I could reflect on everything that went wrong and figure out what was going on inside of me. I used to be in a place where I thought that judging her was the best way to support her. Well, my version of supporting her. Really, what I was trying to do was change her. Change her into the person I felt comfortable to be around. I chose to focus outside myself to change someone else to fit my needs, instead of focusing inward to learn and grow beyond the behavior I had developed from childhood. And here I sit, nearly a year later, having a renewed identity, accepting and loving and so different now that I've let go of that old person who chose to love conditionally. Seeing that my judging and critical opinions, the two main things that ruined my first long-term relationships so many years ago and was soon on their way to ruining this one too, had dissolved. And reaching this point took only one realization. After all these years, I had to learn one thing that changed everything. And once I applied this in my life, I was free. I was free because I chose acceptance over trying to change what I didn't agree with. I chose acceptance. Whether I liked what was happening or not, I chose to accept whatever it was I couldn't accept before. When I submitted to acceptance, I submitted to freedom. I chose to be free of the burden of feeling stuck and helpless instead of thinking things like, Oh, why won't she change so I can be happy? I learned to accept what is. And suddenly I was thinking things like, that is who she is. I, I now accept her. It sounds terrible when I say that, like she's some crack dealer or something, but our minds do funny things. Mine was telling me that it was wrong to stay with someone who doesn't do exactly what I want her to do at all times. My mind was relying on old information from my childhood. I developed a belief in childhood that says, when the drunk of the house drinks alcohol, it's obvious he doesn't love me. Just like my marriage, my mind told me when she does something I don't like, she doesn't love me. It was a backwards and destructive thought process, though. Judging is what we do when we don't accept, in some way, what we are experiencing. Every judgment I've ever made towards her was like telling her, I don't accept what you're doing. But what she was doing wasn't the real problem. Whatever she did that I didn't agree with wasn't the problem. The real problem was the conflict I created in myself after I chose not to accept what she was doing. I created a conflict of not accepting, not being loving and supportive when I wasn't accepting, and not leaving when there was something in the relationship that I didn't accept. 
I chose not to accept behaviors I didn't approve of. I chose not to love or support her when she behaved in ways I found unacceptable. And I chose to stay in the relationship, even though I apparently couldn't accept her behaviors. In other words, when you accept someone, you love and support them no matter what. If you don't accept someone or their behavior, and they choose not to or cannot change, then they aren't the problem. You are. Because by staying and not accepting, you are giving a mixed message, not only to them, but to yourself as well. There will be an inner conflict that you will not be able to escape from. You don't accept their behavior, but you love them. How can one love without acceptance? I don't believe it's possible. I'm not saying you need to agree with their behavior. But if you choose to stay, then there has to be acceptance of their behavior. There has to be. By staying and not accepting, you're causing both of you to suffer. Imagine for a moment your partner sells crack on the street corner. I would find this unacceptable behavior. If my wife sold crack, I would talk to her and ask her to stop. I don't want that kind of thing going on in the closest relationship I have with a person. But if she doesn't stop, I will do everything in my power until I pass out from exhaustion to help her. And if she doesn't want help, then I can either choose to stay and accept the behavior Hey, that's just what she does. I don't agree with it, but I love her and I'll accept the fact that she does it. Or I can choose not to accept it and walk away. Either way, it's a loving, caring, and supportive thing to do for the both of you. Because remember how I said that when you are in love, you feel the most safe with that person more than anyone else. You share everything about yourself. That person has direct access to your heart. How safe do you feel with someone who judges you or your behavior? How safe do you feel with someone who you judge? If you are judging someone's behavior, you typically feel less safe with them as they are doing something you don't agree with or perhaps you even fear. After all, at any moment, they may do that thing again and it will trigger a negative emotion in you. Being in love is full acceptance and sharing at the deepest level. The issues you've had, you've worked out, and new challenges arise all the time. But what about repeating issues, the ones that keep coming up for you? Those are the ones that eat away at love, romance, and sharing and caring. The vault door closes tighter and tighter, and soon you are no longer in love. You're just there because of the dependencies you've developed with one another. They make you laugh. They make you feel good. They take you out. But they'll always be at a distance. And love will never be what it was unless you're willing to accept them and let them back in. And sometimes you can't accept them. So you move on. Sometimes behavior is unacceptable. And for your survival, you move on. And this leads to closure. Let's open the next segment with closure. There is a closure in acceptance and staying or non-acceptance and leaving. This closure allows that chapter in your life to end so that another one can begin. Of course, one person will always be more hurt and struggle for a longer time after the relationship is over. 
but the journey has begun regardless. And of course, you can also come to full acceptance and also leave. Maybe you cannot bring yourself to let them close to your heart again. Maybe you're locked up tight because there were so many bad moments that you can no longer trust that they won't hurt you again. This can happen too. You can accept and love who they are, but you don't want to stay. We cannot change another person. We can only change ourselves. For me, I created a conflict in myself. I was not accepting her behavior and not changing myself. But most of all, I was choosing not to accept her for who she was. All of her. A person can only change if they want to. We can't change them. Sure, we can suggest therapy and go to counseling. There are many things we can do to try to help them. But when it comes down to it, the person has to want to change bad enough that they will do anything it takes to make that change. But if that drive to make the change isn't strong enough, or if they think they're not strong enough to make the change, then it won't happen, no matter how much we judge or dislike the behaviors that we see. So perhaps I should have left our marriage a long time ago. There was a conflict in me because if I really couldn't accept some of the things I saw happening in the relationship, I should have left and said, I love you and want this to work out. So call me if the circumstances in your life ever change. Now, that's still a judgmental position. And if I had done that, I never would have learned to not be judgmental and become the person I am today. But if I truly honored myself, I probably wouldn't have stayed. I chose to stay because I realized what an amazing person I had married. And I knew that if I could just get past this one dysfunction in me, we'd be one of those adorable couples that people just get sick of seeing hugging and kissing all the time. And that is something that happens to a lot of us. We stay hoping things will change. We love so much about that person that if this one thing wasn't in the relationship, we'd have the best life. And in those circumstances, we do choose to stay and not accept. And this will always bring strife and pain because it pops up over and over again. So what's a person to do? What if you love someone so much and you don't want to lose what you've got, but you also cannot accept their behavior? Is there a way to save what you have? My love for her was tainted with my judgments about her behavior. And she loved me so much, she was willing to struggle through my judgments and stay in the relationship. But it was a battle. As much love as we had towards each other, there was also a continuous struggle, an undertow of pain that kept pulling us under. There's no one good answer if one should stay or one should go. It really comes down to what you believe will happen and really what will happen. If you are currently in a relationship that has struggles because of one or both of your behaviors and by staying you believe you can continue to work on it together, then there is hope for sure. When you're both involved in saving the relationship, there is hope. But if one of you simply cannot muster up the energy to continue putting any more effort into the relationship, or if one of you is not interested in improving yourself and being open-minded enough to believe that you could be the one with the problem, not the other person, then it can't work. A relationship that's in conflict takes two people to resolve. Pointing the finger at the other person is always like looking into a mirror. In order for them to do something you don't like, you have to be there 
to not like it. It takes two people to create joy in a relationship, and it takes two people for conflict to exist. Without one of you, there is no conflict. So it takes both of you to create it, which means you both need to work on yourselves or seek outside help. I've heard over and over again, one person in a relationship say something like, if he'd only change, or it's not me, it's her. And when I hear that, I immediately know where half the problem lies. When there are two people involved, there are always two halves of a problem. Problems in relationships start for one reason, but linger for others. In other words, someone does or says something the other person doesn't agree with. Then either the problem is resolved or it lingers on to once again rear its ugly head next time. The problem is either taken care of or it's not. When you stick around and the problem still exists, you are both responsible for the problem. And in order to create positive change and heal, grow, and learn from this problem, you both need to work on it. Even if one person is completely in the wrong and chooses not to get help, by you staying around in the situation, you become part of the problem. So having this past year to understand finally what was going on in my relationship and having the opportunity to explore myself with no outside influence other than my own thoughts and whatever media or books I expose myself to, I am finally free, as much as I believe myself to be, of this highly judgmental person I used to be. My lessons are no longer wrapped up in old judgments, but in a new outlook. Knowing that the person I was isn't creeping up on me anymore. Old patterns erased. Behaviors dissolved. A complete shift from who I used to be to who I am. That may not mean all the triggers are gone. Perhaps one day I'll be sitting on the couch or playing my guitar when a a memory pops into my head. A memory where I had a judgment about that person in my life. I might get those old feelings back. But I can take a step out of that emotion and look at reality. That moment is just a memory. It is not now. It is something that happened. It's not happening now. I am feeling it now, but the event was over long ago. These are just memories being triggered by something I see or hear. Once a memory gets triggered, the emotion that's attached to that memory also gets triggered. And you may feel that this anger or sadness or fear or whatever is really happening now, but it isn't. It's an old emotion. And when these come up for you, you have a choice to make. Ask yourself, is this emotion real anymore? Is it still how I think and what I believe? Is this a real threat or is this an old response that I can choose to let go of? As time heals, it also reveals the decisions we make for our lives going forward can be rooted in the past. One can choose to believe things will stay the same or look forward to them being completely different. The past does not equal the future. It only shapes the present. The future can be something to look forward to or feared. What you may fear is repetition of the past. What you look forward to is the hope of a new future without the bad stuff from the past repeating itself. And what you create from this point forward is what will be triggered five years from now. So what are you creating right now? Is it something you feel good about? 
Is life the way you want to remember it five years from now? These aren't easy questions to answer. And sometimes it's even easier to just not think about the future like that because this is now, not tomorrow. It can be easier to not think about what will be when you are so focused on what is. But let's go beyond the abstractions for a moment and talk about real application. What are some of the things you can do to accept some of the things in the relationship you have? And even if you're not in a relationship, can you think of people in your life that do things you don't agree with, that make you angry, that cause you pain in some way? Maybe it's your partner or a relative. Now, if, if it's your children, that's a different story. Until they're of a certain age and living under your roof, the rules are typically set by you anyway. Whether you enforce them or not is a different story. I'm referring to a relationship of more equality, where each person is an individual and independent. Who is that person in your life? Is there a person in your life that does something you cannot accept? How you answer that will directly reflect on how you proceed. If this person does something illegal, then by you being in their life and not reporting it, you could be seen as an accessory to their activities. But if there's a way for them to change their behavior, what are they going to do to make that happen? Do you get the I promise I'll change answer whenever you argue? Then he or she never changes? Or do you get there's nothing wrong with me? The best answer you could hope for is you're right. I need help. And if they take action to get help, that's the first step because results say everything. If they take the first step but go back to their old habits again, this will typically be a repetitive cycle. It will be a promise to change and get help and then a return to their normal state. If you decide to continue hoping for change when they do this, especially when they don't even acknowledge that they didn't make it and need help again, you will likely see this happen over and over again. It usually doesn't go anywhere except back to where it began. My stepfather did this a lot. He would promise my mom the same things over and over again. And then in a day or two, it's like those words never existed. She continued to hope that they were true, but it never went anywhere and they were always back where they began. The follow-up question is, can you accept that they will not change, even though it appears they try to change but never do? If the answer is no, then if you decide to stay, you can't complain about their behavior anymore because by staying, you're accepting that behavior in your relationship. I'm not saying it's not a hard decision, but when you stay after you've accepted that they will not change, then you really have no room left to complain about it. Then the follow-up question is, do you believe they will change? This is also a hard question to answer too because it involves faith. It's the faith you've developed over the time you've gotten to know them that they are true to their word or they're not. Some people can be honest in everything in their life except the one thing they can't control. So they come across as people of integrity but somehow miss the mark when it comes to to that one problem they keep promising to correct. Can you accept that they will tell you one thing, but do another? Again, it comes down to acceptance. 
when you accept that it's just how they are, they'll tell you one thing but then do another, then you will no longer develop a resistance to the way they operate. When you let go of your own resistance to someone else's behavior, you let go of your attachment to them changing or not. You let go of caring if they lie about it or not. You just let it go and let them be. The problem is most of us can't let some behavior continue. But instead of leaving the situation, we stay. We stay in hopes that they will change. And years will go by. And we hang on to that hope. Even though everyone outside of us knows it's obvious that the person will never change, when we're in the middle of it and we have so much of us tied into the relationship, we don't want to let it go. So we wait and wait, knowing a miracle will soon change everything. But really, we end up in denial. We deny that things are worse off than we realize. We choose to focus on faith rather than references. We can reference every single time they promise to change, but discount those references because our faith is stronger. And the years go by, and things only get worse. The next question is, are you willing to accept the circumstances and leave? I'm not saying you have to leave. Only you can make that determination. And leaving could just be keeping that person out of your life or choosing to have as little contact as possible. But there's a lot of power in accepting a person and their behaviors and also staying out of their life. Remember, just because you accept them doesn't mean you agree with them or even like them. Acceptance is closure for you. When you are not accepting, you're choosing to leave open your thoughts and feelings. There's always a possibility that something will change. It is an open loop, like, like a cliffhanger at the end of a movie. You never see the sequel, so the loop stays open and you're left wondering with unanswered questions. Acceptance is closure. When you close the loop, you let go of your attachment to them and their behavior. If you continue to worry or fear what will happen, then that could mean you have chosen to continue to have faith that they will change. And when you accept that they won't, then you can stay and not complain about it anymore or move on to get rid of the negativity in your life. Again, you are one half of any issue in a relationship. There is usually one person with a problem and another person who has a problem with that problem. Now, I'm using the word problem in a general sense. It may not be a problem, so to speak, but I use that word just to make it easier to talk about. It always takes two. It's cause and effect. It's the tree falling in the woods question. If it falls and no one was around to hear it, would it make a sound? But my question is, would it even matter since no one knows it fell? I mean, just like in your relationship, if one person has a problem and the other isn't around to deal with it, is it really a problem? Well, for that person it is, but unless you're still in the relationship, it's no longer a problem because you're not there to be a part of it. In fact, you can have the worst habits in the world by yourself, and no one will even know about them. <laughs> isn't that a great thought? Well, I mean, it is if being alone is your goal, but in a relationship, really bad habits can be intrusive and cause a lot of tension. You could 
Choose to be yourself 100% around the other person, doing all the things you'd normally do if you were alone, but just be prepared for the same in return. Closure is the key to reduce or completely eliminate suffering. If your heart gets broken, you grieve. But close that chapter of your life to move on to the next chapter. If someone steals money from you, you take your losses and move on. If it's a small amount, don't even bother going to court over it. If it's a lot, then hopefully your time in court will be short. But the longer it goes on, the longer you have to suffer and stress over it. I once bought a condo in Florida. At the time, the market was excellent, and I got a super deal on it. Seven or eight years later, the market went up even further. And around that time, I decided to move to California and rent the condo out. Well, the tenant was a nightmare. The thousands of dollars I put into renovating it was lost. The new carpet was trashed. The rooms were disgusting. And by the time the eviction was done, she even left her poor cat, let alone the place reeked of cigarette smoke. My property manager was no better, as their management of the property consisted of convincing me to let her stay without paying the rent. And also, they failed to report to me the condition of the place after they visited it several times. I trusted them to manage the place without my help, but I now know better to personally involve myself next time. Well, the housing market tanked in 2008, and I soon realized I needed to sell my condo at a loss. But nothing was selling, and now I didn't even have a tenant, nor did I have the rent coming in because of that, causing me to miss my mortgage payments. And soon, the housing association was threatening me because I wasn't paying them either. That debt, along with my credit card debt, completely buried me. But I insisted on hanging on and trying to save everything. I was a man of my word, and no matter what, I was going to pay off all my debts and get out of this mess. And the further and further away I was from doing that the more stress I experienced. I was in total overwhelm, and I was feeling incredible anxiety every day. At the time, my wife told me to file for bankruptcy. I was like, what? No way. I'm a man of integrity. I am always honest, and I always pay my bills on time. I won't do it. She said I should, but I stood by my integrity. In fact, I chose to undermine my health to keep my integrity. I chose stress and misery to keep integrity. There was something wrong with that balance. Keeping my integrity was killing me. Okay, perhaps that's a little extreme, but it was very unhealthy. I was in so much debt, I couldn't see straight. Eventually, I listened to my wife and chose to file for bankruptcy to wipe out my credit card debt and my mortgage. It was the most difficult financial decision of my life. I was going against my core belief system. But in a few months, I owed nothing. I had no debt. It was gone. And suddenly, for the first time in a long time, I had no anxiety, no stress, nothing. I felt at peace. Now, I had to come to terms that I was one of those people that took the, quote, easy way out. But I was healthy and happy again. (laughs) I felt really good. I reached closure. I chose to make the hardest decision just to come to a place of closure. Yep, now I have to wait seven years to clean up my credit. But at least that would be seven years without this heavy burden upon me. 
But this closure, as hard as it was, was exactly what it took to be free. Acceptance is like that too. When you come to a place of acceptance about something, you create closure. You are no longer thinking about how much you don't like having it in your life or how life would be so much better if it didn't exist. You just accept it for what it is. It doesn't mean you have to stay. It doesn't mean you have to go. Those are different decisions. But you owe it to yourself to accept the things you cannot change. Just like the serenity prayer. Now, I'm not saying let's all pray. I just happen to agree with that statement very much. Once you accept what you cannot change, then you can make more clear decisions for your life. If you take away one important lesson from this episode, let it be this. What you don't accept will be what causes you the most pain. And you have a choice to let it continue causing you pain or accepting it and moving on. And remember, acceptance doesn't mean agreement, nor does it mean that you have to keep people around in your life. It just means you are allowing closure into your life so that you can move on. What a lot of people do is try and try and try to change someone else. And even if they do change, that person could be so resistant to that change that they resent you. Accept what you cannot change and allow closure to happen so that you can start anew. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's time to wrap up another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I'm honored you spent some time with me. Head over to theoverwhelmedbrain.com to sign up for a weekly personal growth message just for you. And if you're into the Minutes to Momentum episodes I throw out during the week, the weekly emails have that same flavor. And if you ever have any questions or topics you'd like to see covered, send me an email. I'm at paul at theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And if you want a free audiobook, visit my website at theoverwhelmedbrain.com and click on the audiobook button to the right. It's a 30-day free trial to audible.com. Very, very cool stuff. I've gotten rid of most of my paper books because I only have time to listen to content nowadays. So check it out if you want to do the same. Now, always remember that I want you to succeed in every area of life. I love being able to reach out to you through this show I'm grateful that you listen. And I want you to know that no matter what your past holds or what your future brings, right now, in this very moment, and really soak this in, you are amazing. Loving someone means allowing that person to be who they are and accepting whatever behavior or quirks they have. It doesn't mean you have to like what they do. And if you don't, you can choose to not have that person around. But at least talk with them and let them know that what they do bothers you. Some people do things for so long, they don't even know it bothers other people. And if you really want a sharing, honest, and deep relationship with someone, open communication is always the path to understanding. Sometimes people want help and are afraid to ask for it. Other times, they don't think what they're doing is a problem. Either way, allow closure into your life so that you have clarity in all your decisions. Really deep love doesn't happen without acceptance. And when you can do that, 
You can create your life.